This morning's verse verses are from Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So we, we heard uh, two scripture passages today. Uh, the first one was rough, wasn't it? It felt rough. It's, it's been frequently misused to, to, to batter people. But it's, it's, the interesting part to me about this is that it's, it's we enter into an argument of people who knew each other very, very well. You know, Jesus and Peter. And, and, and what I like about that is that we get a look at how they engage with the difficulty of what's happening and their perspectives of what this relationship should be, right? Because Jesus is saying, in essence, I'm going to pay the consequences of what we're doing. And they're going to be harsh. And Peter says to him, wait, I thought we were going to win. Weren't we supposed to win? Weren't we supposed to be the ones making other people pay the consequences? And Jesus says, get away from me, Satan, right? Which uh, for some of us, that might feel a little too evangelical. But, but, but. That's because of a translation choice, right? Because what he means to say is, get away from me, tempter. Right? You're trying to lead me the wrong way. And I don't want that because it's so nice. That's the thing about temptation, right? It's, it's, it's delicious. We like it. We each have different kinds, right? So, so that's also the problem of judging temptation on others because what others... Uh, are tempted by sometimes is nothing to us you know for example I I don't I don't like sweets very much so that's not my temptation so it's very easy for me to say why well, no thank you and people say oh you're so strong I, I couldn't and that's not strength you know it's not difficult to say no to something you don't like well that's so that's not strength so so you know that's and then and then the second one the second one is also about perspective, right? Is, is, is one holy man who spent his life studying, goes to the temple and says, thank you, God, because I am so good. Thank you because I'm not like those other people who are tempted in ways I am not. I'm so glad. And then Jesus says to the people, which is the one who actually received what they needed to receive and is the one who was brave enough to face who he is 
the one who was brave enough to encounter repentance. And you know, uh, we in the United States church have trouble with repentance, right? Because, because we, we, we I think, personally, uh, we preach it the wrong way. You know, we say, you have to repent. Or, or we preach it the other way. Or we preach, or we say, don't worry about repentance. Just focus on the good. We dance around it. And so for, I'll give you examples. For example, uh, someone like, like, like uh, Mark Driscoll will say, you're a real man, so you got to win. So repentance means winning. And, or, or, or like Joel Olsen, who says, you are great and beautiful and amazing and embrace you. Either way, we're dancing around something that is at the core of the gospel. Um, now, the problem is that we've received it through a whole lot of translations, right? Uh, in, in, it begins with the ancient Greek, just teshova, which means, uh, really means, what we translate as repentance means to turn, to turn, and therefore to turn away from. It's a very thing, like it's, it's facing something and then realizing that it's not a good thing and you teshova. You turn from it. And then we went through, through, through the Greek, which, which, which was metanoia, which, which really means to think differently about something. I love it, to think differently about something. And then all of that gets translated into repentance for us, which sort of holds that, you know, uh, but in essence, I think uh, we tend to think of it as, as Agreeing that I was wrong. Fine, I was wrong. Fine. Fine. You know, which is, which, which is why uh, you, in the United States, we tend to focus on what we call surrender, right? A lot of church gets this, surrender, surrenders. We, we hear repentance and we think surrender because we're so, uh, we're taught that everything depends on me. Right, that I have to achieve, I made this business, I made this success, I am, and as long as I like what's happening, then it's okay, and if I don't like what's happening, then it's not okay, and I will make it okay. So surrender fits better, except it's not repentance. Because surrender just literally means that you agree that something or someone is stronger than you, and then okay, they get to win. But is that a relationship you want? Is that a relationship we would like to have in church? To be constantly fighting and testing our strength and losing and then trying to win and then, and then we lose and then we win and, 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 and the only way someone else gets their way is that we surrender. It's tiring. But repentance, repentance is a different path, right? Repentance is embrace in, in a, in a in a full way. Because repentance means to say, either I'm turning away from this because it's not good, and or I'm thinking about this issue differently. Either way gets you to a place that's more engaging than surrender. Because when we surrender, 
there's very little relationship on the other side of that, right? Because it just means, fine, you won, because you're stronger than me. But the second I'm stronger, but if we, on the other hand, repent, it's deeper. It says, oh, I, I didn't see that this hurt you. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be this bad for you. Or to say, oh my goodness, I was wrong. I didn't even notice it. There's a difference, right? Because there is an other side that's important. And, and this is as we near the end. The, 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 the repentance that, that, that's, that's rooted in the gospel says that the reason we change is because the community matters so much that I being right is tempered by them hurting less. And that's a, that's a radical thing in the United States. Because have you, ever, have you ever been in an argument with someone who matters to you very much and therefore it's easier to fight with, right? Like a sibling or, or a parent. And, and, and then, do you remember that moment when you discovered you were wrong in the middle of the fight? Right? And, and the last thing you want to do is say, I am wrong. So you double down on the side you were on, even regardless of whether you were wrong or not, because you are going to win. Right? And that's... So repentance in the scriptural sense offers us the opportunity to say, but if you admit to it, then the fixing begins. And that changes worlds. When we repent, rather than saying, fine, you won for now, which is surrender, instead, when we engage in repentance, we begin the process of, of rebuilding something together or building something new because that which was broken cannot be fixed anymore. Either way, is the beginning of engagement, but it takes a lot from us because it means that we turn away from something or that we think of something differently. And if there's something we're learning in our culture, in our country right now, is that we are taught that the worst thing you could do possibly is think about something differently, right? Everyone, everything around the world right now is telling us that Right now is the moment to dig in your heels and say, it doesn't matter, facts don't matter to me. Doctors could line up around the block and I'm still not going to vaccinate. Etc., etc. On either side, right? We're, we're getting to a place where we call ourselves a political party. I am a, not a vote occasionally, depending, but rather I am a. I belong to them. Repentance offers us a difficult journey away from the usual winner and loser into a more embracing space that says, I was wrong and I hurt others and I didn't even know I was hurting them. Or worse, I didn't want to know that I was hurting them.
or the worst of them. I knew I was hurting them, but they're wrong, so it's okay. So in closing then, repentance as we have received it from Jesus, even though it's been switched through translation so much, and anyone who speaks different languages knows the difficulties of translation, right? It, it's, it's a, there's an expression in Italian that, that sounds beautifully, beautiful and also depicts the difficulty, right? It's called traduttore traditore. The translator is the traitor. Because in translation, you have the power to convey meaning. And some of us have been suffering the consequences of scriptural traduttore traditore. Because what we have received as surrender loses the meaning of what we actually have from scripture, what is to say, have the courage to say you're wrong and walk into that with the other person. So for today, as we heard from, from, our, from our children's message today, is remarkable. What can you do when someone's hurt? What can you do when you have hurt someone? Or lastly, what do you do when you realized you hurt somebody and you didn't mean to. Is it your first instinct to explain to them how you don't mean it? Right? That's, that's what we want. Actually, I didn't mean that. And, you know, which then to the other person who was hurt doesn't feel like an apology. It feels like you didn't understand. Let me fix your understanding for you. But imagine if we instead try repentance. And when we discover that we hurt somebody, we say, oh, I did. I'm sorry. I really didn't mean to. What a difference that would make, right? So imagine one side says, you know, you heard me. I said, well, actually, that's not what I meant, you see. So, or you, you hurt me. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even realize I did that. I'm sorry. How could we fix this? Or how could we uh, rebuild something? Or how could we start again? Especially when what you've done cannot be fixed. Because sometimes that happens. Sometimes you break something and it just cannot be fixed. So what it takes is to say, let's start something else new again. Right? So I'll leave you with this. Try it out. Try repentance out into your world. See what happens. Some people will, will embrace you back. Some people won't. But it is worth it. So as you leave, think of this. Meditate on these words. So that you can make the transition from, from the, 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 the priest to the tax collector, right? To go from, thank you, God, I'm not as bad as those people, to help me, God, not be as bad as I have been. Amen. I think that was...